This is the Green and Gold Post Game Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Packers get a win 14 to 12. They knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome in to all of you listening, whether it's throughout the great state, on the apps, on the Bud Light live stream, so many different facets. Packers hang on to get a win after getting a couple of scores in their first couple of drives. They go 14 to 3. And then after that, they were shut out. It was an absolute awful offensive play-calling performance, whether it was from Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers. At some point, I hope somebody asks a legitimate question inside that uh, that press room to say, what the hell? Why all of a sudden did you completely kind of abandon the run? You went to all shotgun all the time because I didn't think the pressure was that detrimental. And when you're under, uh, under center, you at least give the semblance of a run up the gut, or you can get some ride and decide, some motion on the outside. Otherwise, you're pretty much making your offense one-dimensional. It was garbage. It was absolute freaking garbage what Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers put together in the second half of this ball game. It sucked, period. End of story. Uh, the defense, though, they held on. For those that say, well, they gave up a drive late, you know what? They were put in precarious positions all afternoon, and they, they ended up withstanding the, uh, the blow that uh, Tom Brady and company kept giving them. And they did it. They, they got the job done. That's all you can ask. They gave up a total of 12 points in this game against one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. Granted, he was missing three of his weapons, but and an offensive lineman and Akeem Hicks off their defense. But still, it was a hard-fought game, and the Packers go on the road in Florida, a place they traditionally do not win. And Aaron Rodgers tr- traditionally does not play very well, and uh, they give themselves a, a nice victory. So on one hand, you can say, you know, hey, for all the warts on this pig, they still walked away with a win. On the opposite side, you can say, man, a lot of work to do because I'm telling you right now, that crap will not fly come postseason. Not, a, not at all. Not at all. Uh, the offense sent football back in decades because it was so bad, according to uh, Justin. And uh, Dennis says we won, but Jones fumble, it was huge. But here's the problem. You're right, Dennis. The Aaron Jones fumble was huge. It was very reminiscent of the NFC Championship game when he got hit, when he fumbled, when he went down and was out of that game. And then all of a sudden, the mood changed, the uh, momentum changed, the energy energy changed. But if you don't have a way to go back offensively and grab that, shame on you. That's your fault. That's your fault. That's not that's not the defense's fault. That's not special teams' fault. That's your fault. Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, you're responsible for that. Period. That that the play calling specifically in the third quarter of this ball game was atrocious atrocious sit and shotgun quick outs every now and then go over the middle and otherwise do that stutter step handoff it sucked period it sucked and i think aaron Aaron Rodgers and matt lafleur both have to answer for that it was it was garbage 877-867-1670 let's go to our buddy gerard from delaware listening to us on the line gerard how you doing today man what's going on Hey, hey, hey bill how do you how do you have your two best offensive players or your two running backs and you go with empty backfields and right. second of all, uh, yeah, well, this is the other one. On the last punt Tampa Bay did, he had 12 yards before a guy was there, two Packers in front of him, and he called for a fair catch. Now, right. you're telling me this, this team plays not to lose, Bill. They don't play aggressively. Their defense played well today, real well, but they still made a lot of mistakes. And I'm going to tell you this, they play not to lose. And, and Rodgers, look, Rodgers can't blame the plays not coming in fast enough because every coach he's ever had, 
he's doing the same thing. He's calling timeouts. So it was LaFleur, McCarthy, the offensive coordinators, the quarterback coaches. They, they were all different through the years. So who does he have to blame with that? That end right. of the half thing was a disgrace with, no, with only one timeout left. And, and where were the dump-offs to the backs that were working so well when they were scoring touchdowns? Now, I'm going to tell you how mentally soft this team is. When, when Jones fumbled at the two, that changed the whole game. The right. whole game that changed. And this tell, is the, let this, me answer this, me this, this real is, quick. A- a- answer me this, Gerard. Tell me why. why. Why does a fumble at the goal line? Suddenly, because last year we or t- last year we saw when Mercedes Lewis fumbled, and all of a sudden San Francisco was uh, you know they couldn't beat San Francisco. Two years well, ago, look, in the you NFC tell me, game, you Aaron tell me. Jones fumbles. I, I I think it just for whatever reason it derails them, and they get scared, and they get they get very conservative, and, and that's exactly what it is. They get scared. That's they get exactly what it is, bro. And, and that's not the sign of a co- of a quarterback or a head coach that is going to win you a championship. That is there gutless you go. Did football. Did you see the look? When Tampa Bay scored that touchdown, the begin with the two, they showed LaFleur on the sideline. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. I yeah. couldn't believe the look on his face. I right. he was, the look on his face was, look, we're going to lose this game. We played a good game, and now we're going to lose it. This team does not play aggressive enough. I'm telling you, they don't play aggressive enough, and they do dumb things, and this is the problem. And that fumble that Jones did, like I just said, this would be my question. That seemed to turn the whole game around. Where is your mental toughness on this team? Where is it going to come from? I'm telling you. Where? I appreciate where? it, Gerard. Appreciate it, man. You're, Let's do this. You're welcome. And, and, here. Absolutely, buddy. Uh, Frank right. says, give Tampa a little bit of credit. They made adjustments. I agree with that. I agree with that. But listen to the Packers after the, after the fumble. They go six plays, 60 yards. They uh, get a couple of first downs. They fumble the football away. Okay? After that, three and out. Three and out, they gained eight yards, punted away. Four plays, 17 yards. First play was a first down, remember. Then three and out, seven yards, punt. Three plays, six yards, punt. Three plays, five yards, interception. Four plays, 18 yards, punt. Three plays, six yards, punt. Four plays, negative five yards, or uh, excuse me, 13 yards, total of eight, punt. Eight plays, 37 yards, punt. That's the way they went in the end of the game. That's the way they ended the game. They had 10 plays, 75 yards, 12 plays, 71 yards, and after that, once they fumbled away the football, because they went six plays and 60 yards, that was it. That was the end of their day. That was the end of their day. They, they abandoned the, the hard run up the, uh, up the gut. They abandoned a lot of the misdirection, got rid of it, couldn't throw the ball downfield, and when you only put Aaron Rodgers in shotgun, and you don't get any creativity off of that, and you're just standing there looking around, you, you're waiting for somebody to get open. Rather than creating openings, the play calling got stagnant, got stale, and they played not to lose. That was it. That was it. It was, uh, it was not good. 877-867-1670. Now, I will say this. Some good play today. Uh, let's, let's recognize a few areas. Uh, now, I know the Amari Rogers punt return that did not happen, the fair catch, I don't know if that came from him or if he was told, just fair catch it. Don't run it. Don't take a chance on losing it, which is very possible. He had three fair catches, two returns for 21 yards. Not a bad day at the office. His longest was 14. His other one was six. So not a terrible day. How about Pat O'Donnell? Seven punts, averaged 48.4 yards per punt. 
His longest of the day was a 63-yard boomer. Five of them inside the 20. Inside the 20. An amazing day punting the football. Special teams coverage, not bad at all. Not bad at all. They had one kickoff return and two touchbacks. So for those that say that Mason Crosby doesn't kick touchbacks, he had two of them today. One return for 20 yards. That was taken in the corner on the two-yard line, or on the three-yard line. Got him out to the 23. But overall, Romeo Dubs, eight catches, eight targets, 73 yards, a touchdown. Robert Tanyan, six catches, 37 yards. You had Lazard, four catches, 45 yards. Had a touchdown, but also a big first down to keep a drive alive and keep momentum moving and actually flipped the field with a Pat O'Donnell punt. You had Aaron Jones, three catches out of the backfield. By the way, I had said going into this week, I, I just don't see it being the same type of game. And I, I, I even, uh, if, if you go back, you listen to the tape, Ben Kenny, I told Ben, I said, between, because last week, what was it, 38, 39, 37 touches between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I said 29 touches, I think, is what they're going to end up with. It's exactly what they ended up with in that in this game. They got away from them. They could have kept going, but they got away from them for whatever reason. But defensively speaking, some nice defensive numbers today out of the Packers. Devondre Campbell, 14 tackles, had one for loss, had a pass defended late in the ball game, obviously right there at the end, had the ball that was tipped. So for those who were complaining that Devondre Campbell is a liability in the passing game, he came up big in the biggest moment. Rasul Douglas, eight tackles today, had a couple of passes defended also. Keyshawn Nixon with six big tackles today. But uh, Kenny Clark, a couple of sacks. Rashawn Gary, a sack today. They got to uh, Tom Terrific three times for 20 yards today. Pressured him as well numerous times. They got, uh, what, uh, four quarterback hurries. I counted six. So they put pressure on Tom all day. So not a bad way to go, but uh, the Packers escape, but with a lot of warts on this one. A lot of warts on this one. Again, Rick, you know what? Uh, no, they didn't lose the game. The same thing. You're, you're the same kind of wimp that gets a hold of this program and says, do we lose? I can't believe we're complaining. Do we lose? And I said all last year when I was complaining about the special teams, and people said, did we lose the game? I didn't understand. I watched them get a win. And in the very last game, they get their asses handed to them by somebody who picked out the fact that they had zero special teams. So, Rick, when you see blemishes, you call it what it is. You don't act like it's not there. That's what somebody does when they bury their head in the sand. Go wear your green and gold glasses somewhere else. Not on this program, because we're going to point out what's negative, and we're going to point out what's positive, just like we did. Dodged a bullet. All last year, we talked about special teams. Don't worry, we're winning. Don't worry, we're winning. And then, you know what? San Francisco said, here's your weakness. We can't beat you on offense. We can't beat you on defense. So we're going to beat you on special teams. And damned if they didn't, and you gave up points, you lost the game. So stop it. Go wear your green and gold glasses somewhere else. It was a craptastic performance out of the offense in the second half of this game. Really since the third drive. Really since the third drive. Packers defensively, awesome. Awesome today. You can't ask for a better day. Defensively today, the total today. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, 31 of 42, 271 yards, one pay, or one touchdown, quarterback rating 98.4. But what they wanted to do was stop the run. They wanted to make Tom Brady one-dimensional. They did it. Leonard Fournette, 12 carries, 35 yards. Brady, uh, you know, one, one run, if you will, sacked for a yard loss, 34 yards total today. They gave up on the ground. Packers, not much better. Both of these teams have uh, stout defensive fronts. Packers, only 67 yards on the ground. Aaron Rodgers, same way. One carry minus one yard, but uh, 12 carries for Aaron Jones, 36 yards. 12 carries for A.J. Dillon, 32 yards. Both of these guys, their longest run of the day was 10 yards out of Aaron Jones. And that was it. That was it. 
877-867-1670. It's the Green Eagle Postgame Show. We're brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Broadcasting live here at Smoke on the Water. We're here in Okachi where the uh, storms have passed. The skies have somewhat cleared. So if you're uh, looking for a place to go, looking for a place to come out to, come on out and say hello. We'd love to have you. But, again, the Packers get a win 14-12, to and they knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's go to Josh listening to us. Josh, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, Bill. Uh, again, uh, you're a typical therapist on uh, Sundays here. Brandy and I appreciate it. Appreciate um, it. We, we thought the biggest thing, you know, you saw the bad call uh, right down there in the end zone. It just, it just seemed to switch momentum for the whole entire team. You took the, everybody out of it. And, uh, you know, first of all, it's great to just get the big win uh, over Brady because uh, right. I get very despised. Uh, but otherwise, you know, uh, thoughts on this? How do you think the momentum will carry on for the uh, for the rest of the season? Well, I, I think a couple of things. First and foremost, I appreciate the phone call. It's a great question. First of all, remember, Mac Jones goes down with an ankle injury today. Uh, the x-rays were negative, but he is now uh, in doubt for the upcoming game against uh, against the Packers next Sunday. So when you think about New England and their backup quarterback, it's Brian Hoyer. Behind that is the fourth-round draft choice, ba- uh, Bailey Zapp. I think is his name. So they've got a quarterback issue right now. Even though they looked extremely strong today, the Patriots did, um, they've uh, got a quarterback issue now in New England. So that's going to be something we're going to be paying attention to. Good to see Bakhtiari back today. So on that particular note, hopefully he can continue on his pitch count and get better and stronger and, and solidify that offensive line. I think there's a lot of good that comes out of today. What I think stunk was the play calling. Uh, after the Aaron Jones fumble, leading pretty much uh, midway through the fourth quarter. It, it just it wasn't quality today. I think they got conservative. I think they got scared. And that's the way they played. And they relied upon a defense. Don't get me wrong. The, and by the way, I, we said how many defensive wins are you going to get this year? This is a defensive win. This is a defensive win, without a doubt. This is a defensive win for the Green Bay Packers. What will they do with this the rest of the year? I think it's a really good question. I think when you look at their schedule and and the games, we figured that there was a lot of winnable games for the Packers on the horizon, a lot of winnable games. And so, I mean, at the beginning of the year, this was a game that I said they'll probably lose. So really, in essence, they stole one. They they stole one. So So give the Packers credit. But they got the Patriots, then the Giants in London, remember. So they play New England. Probably without Mac Jones or Mac Jones very limited. Then they go to London to play the Giants. Then they get the Jets back at home. The Jets got knocked off by Cincinnati today for Cincinnati to get their first win of the year before they go on the road to face Washington, which is not a good football team by any stretch of the imagination. And then they get that Sunday night game against the Buffalo Bills. That's going to be maybe their next loss. I, you know, I don't think the Giants can beat them. I don't think the Jets can beat them. I know the Commanders can't beat them. It's going to be really hard for the Patriots to come into Lambeau Field and knock them off, specifically under Matt LaFleur. The Packers have been really, really good against the, uh, against any opponent at home. So you could probably say their next loss, their second loss of the season, is going to be to the Buffalo Bills. I think they can win in, in Detroit. Although, how about that? How about Detroit today? Going toe-to-toe today in, uh, in Minnesota with the Vikings. And giving the Vikings everything they could possibly handle today. And then at the very end, giving it up, 28-24, the Lions take the loss. But the Lions are still a really solid team. And I think they're – and we talked about this. Lions are going to get some wins this year. 
Lions are going to get some wins this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking the Lions at all and taking it for granted, but I still think the Packers can win. Dak will most likely be back, but that's the Cowboys coming in a Lambeau field. Cowboys play, or uh, Packers play well at home. Again, Titans at home. I think they can win both of those games. The Eagles on the road is going to be a tough one. That's a Sunday night contest. Not going to be an easy place to play. Go to Chicago December 4th. I think they'll beat the, beat the Bears. The Bears are terrible. They're a one-dimensional team. That uh, Rams game uh, at Lambeau Field, ESPN, Sunday or, uh, Monday night football. I think they can get that one. The Dolphins on the road now are no longer a gimme. The Vikings at home, I think they get some revenge. And the Lions at home, I think they get the win. So I, I think I could probably see two to three more losses on the docket. Again, we could be talking about a 13-win team. So what do they do with it the rest of the season? I think that's about it. To me, though, what I've said all along, what I've said all along is I don't give two blanks about the regular season this year. I just don't. It's all about the postseason. It's all about how good you can get between now and the end of the year to get yourself in position, to get yourself ready, to, to learn from your dumbass mistakes that you continually make over and over again after a turnover. Uh, you look at when Mercedes Lewis fumbled away the football in the playoffs this past year, and they ended up losing that game after losing their momentum and losing their energy. And the same thing happened in the NFC Championship game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the year prior to that when Aaron Jones fumbled left the game. And uh, they never recovered after that. Those things hurt this team for whatever reason. They're not mentally strong to overcome it. And this is the kind of stuff they need to learn from. And this is the kind of stuff they need to become mentally tough from. So today they hung on to win. They relied upon the defense. I think the defense has a head of steam more so than the offense. So we'll see how it all plays out. We are broadcasting live. The Green Bay Packers get a win. We are here at the Green and Gold postgame show. At Smoke on the Water, we are in Okachi, and it was a good crowd here for the game. They've kind of cleared out a little bit, but still some, uh, you know, faithful hanging out. Good stuff. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Green and Gold Postgame Show coming up right after. This is the Green and Gold Postgame Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Score Michaels. You can find us there. You can also uh, give us a shout uh, via the uh, Bud Light live stream if you're watching the program, uh, which many of you are. We got a bunch of people on the live stream, and uh, you can also hit us up uh, over uh, on, uh, on, like I mentioned, Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. But you can also email us thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Uh, let's get back to the phone calls. And uh, who do we got? We got Scott. Let's go to Scott. Scott, welcome to the program and the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Hey, Bill. Thanks for taking my call, man. You bet. Um, hey, just um, I won't talk about the offense. It, they went catatonic in the second half. Like you said, it was it was painful to watch. But um, the defense was, uh, I thought, really really awesome today. Uh, and that Nixon kid that came in for Alexander did a, a great job. A bunch of tackles and uh, forcing a fumble. But I guess I have two questions for you. One, um, 
A couple of years ago uh, against Kansas City, Aaron Jones like had a field day against the Kansas City linebackers. Now, are they not trying to exploit that kind of explosiveness that happened in that game for Aaron Jones? Or are they putting a nickel back on him? Because he should be able to beat linebackers, in my opinion. But I don't see – I haven't seen a game like that since. And then the second thing I got is um, what is it that makes defenses forget how to play defense in a two-minute drill? Like Green Bay is taking their lunch money all day long today, and then with two minutes to go, they just, like, don't cover or they can't cover or something is getting schemed so that they can just go right down the field. What is it that – defenses are doing when the two-minute drill happens that just all of a sudden it looks like a completely different team on the field i'll, I'll hang you, up and take your answer no i appreciate it. it's a legitimate question uh, first thing is is that you get the when when you're tampa bay you get the personnel matchup you want you get into a hurry up and you're not allowing the green bay packers to make any uh, substitution secondly you're trying to keep everything in front of you you know, what we saw happen a couple of years ago in the NFC Championship game when Kevin King allowed the, def- or allowed the uh, wide receiver to get behind him, he, uh, at that point in time, obviously, he ended up giving up the touchdown. So what you're trying not to do is not to give up a touchdown. You don't give up anything behind you. So you're trying to just keep everything in front of you, which is a very old version of what they call prevent defense, for lack of a better term. It's not – you're still running what you're doing, but you're trying not to be as aggressive – because you're not going to take the same amount of chances. Every now and then you'll get a you, you'll get a play that comes your way. You can be aggressive on it. You can see where the play is going. You can understand it. You got somebody that's got knowledge of it or what have you, and you make a stop. But for the most part, you're just trying to keep everything in front of you and make them take time off the clock to at least get downfield. So it becomes extremely soft. I get it, but it's better than being overly aggressive and making the mistake that cost your team the game. So that there is is you know, why it seems like all of a sudden defense is, it's not just the Packers, it's all defenses, but why the defense seems to lose their aggressiveness because they do. They take away their aggressiveness. They say don't play overly aggressive because you don't want to be the guy that gets burned openly. And, you know, as the old adage goes, the prevent defense prevents you from winning. Now, they weren't into a full-blown prevent, but they were trying to keep everything in front of them. Going back to your question about the run, I have, I got to go back and look just to be sure. But I know that they weren't doing a lot of stuff different, to be honest with you. Uh, it wasn't like all of a sudden Tampa Bay came out with just a completely different look and they were constantly they, they were I mean, their whole goal the entire day was to, was to stuff the run. But what the Packers did was, which I, I can't for the life of me understand, at one point, at one point, coming out of, and, and I got to go through this here, but after the uh, the uh, fumble, well, the Aaron Jones fumble, they went 12 out of 13 plays from shotgun. From shotgun, shotgun and no huddle. And, it, it, you know, they, were, they took one shot to Alan Lazard down the field, uh, but it was, you know, passing complete short to the right, passing complete short to the left, or they completed for six, seven yards. They'd find themselves in third de- themselves in third down situations. They had a penalty, shotgun, Aaron Rodgers short right to Dubs, short left to Aaron Jones for three and five yards. Passing complete to A.J. Dillon. O'Donnell punts it away again. Again, the Packers get the ball back. Shotgun, no huddle, shotgun, shotgun. Punt the ball away. Then it's shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. That was the interception. Then it was shotgun, 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 punt. I mean, that's the way they, they completely abandon quarterback under the center, which at least gives you the, as a defender, you either, one, you get ahead of steam running to accept the handoff, 
from the quarterback if you're A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones. You get that head of steam rather than that little stutter step waiting for the ball on the snap to come back, which is already told the defense if you're stutter stepping and you're not blitz pick up and you're not moving out into a position to go block, they can already see that it's going to be a run up the gut or a run out, whatever, but they're coming after the run. You eliminate the guessing process for the defense, and it's the dumbest thing, and they, either they or Aaron Rodgers, insists on it, and it has sucked for a long time, and it's no creativity. It takes away what they can do, and it's it's just awful. And and nobody, I, I mean, you know, Matt LaFleur is never going to come out and go, well, our quarterback likes it. That's the reason we do it. You know, he's going to fall on the sword for it. But it, the question's got to be asked. Coach, you're under center for the first couple of drives of the game. You're running the ball at will. You're moving the ball all over the place. Now, Aaron Rodgers was in shotgun early on. Don't get me wrong. First quarter, that first drive, he was in shotgun most of the time. But after a while, it, it, your creativity was done. You know, you're cre- you, you just didn't have much. Aaron Rodgers shotgun. Aaron Rodgers under center. Short pass to Romeo Dubs after a play fake on the outside. Dubs picks up uh, nine yards. They had to take a timeout because of the personnel issues. Then it goes shotgun, shotgun. Aaron Jones then around the right end, nine yards. Aaron Rodgers back under center. Center Goes the short pass to A.J. Dillon for seven yards after they fake the run. Aaron Rodgers back under center. Passes off to the short side uh, to, uh, to, to Davis. He goes for 23 yards. And then the shotgun pass in the end zone for the touchdown. But the play calling was more creative. But the majority of plays for the Green Bay Packers are are out of shotgun. I just, I, I, I don't get it. If the defensive rush is that bad and you can't fend them off, I don't know what you, then quit praising the offensive line, I guess. Got some down, more to go. Another hour yet of the Green and Gold postgame show. Green Bay Packers get a win. They knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 14 to 12. Packers go to 2 and 1. Buccaneers sitting at 2 and 1. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Green and Gold postgame show coming up right after this. is the Green and Gold Post Game Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 14 to 12, the Green Bay Packers get their second win of the season. Second in a row, they knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You take it as a win. You never poo-poo it. You take it. It's a win. It was one of those wins that I think a lot of people chalked up as an L. At the beginning of the season, it wasn't pretty. There's not a lot to write home about regarding this one. Offensively speaking, the defense played their asses off. But you take it, you move on. Like I said, you start to look at the rest of the schedule and you figure what should be probably a 13-win season for the Green Bay Packers if, indeed, they keep playing this way. Next week, Mac Jones, the quarterback for the uh, uh, New England Patriots, goes down with a pretty significant ankle injury. The x-rays were negative, but how long he's going to be out, we'll have to wait and see. So they're probably going to face the backup, Brian Hoyer, who has been a journeyman in the National Football League. Brian Hoyer is going to be the next guy up for the uh, New England Patriots come next weekend. So 
that'll most likely, now there's nothing official yet, but Brian Hoyer coming out of Michigan State uh, years ago, he uh, he is uh, now with the uh, New England Patriots. He's the backup. So most likely he's going to be the guy to get the nod uh, next weekend at Lambeau Field. But in the meantime, the, the Packers, you know, I, I'm just kind of calculating things. I haven't completely gotten through the, the play sheet yet. But just after the first few drives, the Packers uh, 16 times uh, out of 22 plays were under shotgun. But they mixed things up. Later on in the uh, later on in the, uh, the 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 half, later on in the second half, or excuse me, later on in the second quarter, second half of the second quarter, third quarter and fourth quarter, it was all shotgun all the time. Very rarely under center, kind of dictating what they were going to do with the football. I know it's it, it can be minuscule, but I, it just seems to me that it's it's just not uh, not good, not good for the for the Packers. The play calling got very stale. It got very uh, conservative, very protective after the Aaron Jones fumble. Uh, but, uh, again, as many of you are pointing out, it's a win. Still with some blemishes, though. 877 867 I will say this, though, going back to many of you who are questioning why Bakhtiari did not play more, he was just on a pitch count. They wanted to make sure that he got some time in. He got some real looks. I thought he did pretty well early on. You saw the run that Aaron Jones busted to the outside. David Bakhtiari taking the defensive end, pushing him out, breaking that hole open, did a nice job, had a good stretch, good footwork, good lean. And I think you just wait and see tomorrow what tomorrow brings. And if he's feeling good, if there's no swelling, if there's no pain, if there's no problem, then you continue to uh, put him and, and, and you rest him properly, obviously, throughout, throughout, the, uh, throughout the practice week. And then uh, you pitch him more against the New England Patriots coming up. But that's what I, that's what I think you do. Just my opinion, but I, that's what I think you do. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, also, you can find us on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, this one is from um, this man who said uh, Bear fans are mad. Yeah, they are. I get it. Bears, uh, again, not a, not a great day at the office uh, by the time it's all said and done. When you talk about uh, the Houston Texans coming to town, and uh, even though the Bears got a win, the Bears barely hung on. And, again, Justin Fields today, not a, not a great day by any stretch of the imagination for him. Eight of only 17, completed eight passes, two picks, 27.7. However, Justin Fields ran eight times for 47 yards, and they were able to run the ball with Herbert. 20 carries, 157 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. There's not much there with David Mills and company regarding the Houston Texans. So the fact that you barely got a win at home. Now the Bears are 2-1, and one and they're probably feeling it a little bit, and Texas is yet to get a win. The Texans are yet to get a win, but still uh, just not a, not a great look for the Chicago Bears. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but the Vikings are now 2-1, and one, sitting 28-24. It took them a last-minute touchdown by Kirk Cousins and company to get over and knock the Lions off. The Lions had them. And in a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter, that Lions secondary gave it up. And uh, they escaped with a 28-24 win at home. And, again, when you saw that win, when you saw them get that jubilant win, uh, it was they were acting like it was a Super Bowl, man, I'm telling you. The Vikings were thrilled just to get out of that contest. So uh, that Packers game, you circle and you say, okay, when these two teams meet again, how much better will these teams actually be? Or will the Vikings actually be? Or will the Packers actually be when they meet at Lambeau Field? Uh, let's do this. Let's get back to the phone calls. Uh, we got to go back. Uh, let's go to Mick. Mick, or let's go to Gene. Let's go to Gene. Gene, how you doing today? What's going on? 
Oh, hey, um, Bill Michaels, yeah. So I was watching the Packers today. I'm personally a Brady fan myself, but I was I want to know a your opinion on uh, Aaron's uh, plays today, and B I hope the Packers crash and burn this season. <laughs> Gene waited a long time to say that. There you go. Uh, as a oh, I'm sure as a Tampa Bay fan, you probably do hope that they crash and burn. They're not going to. I think where the crash and burn could possibly come would be at the end of the season, in the postseason, as we've seen the last couple of years. But uh, as far as Aaron's play today, I thought his play was good, not great. 27 of 35, 255 yards, sacked only one time, a couple of touchdowns through that bad pick early on, a quarterback rating of 103.9. But I think in the second half of this ball game, didn't play well. Didn't manage things well. Just, you know, whatever he was doing at the line of scrimmage didn't, didn't seem to matter. I think the offense between him and Matt LaFleur, they have a lot of explaining to do, and they got to get back to the uh, the drawing board, so to speak, because it was a bad day. The The defense won this game, and as far as being a Brady fan, Brady wasn't much better. 31 of 42, 271 yards. He was only, what, uh, he was only, what, uh, 16 yards better than Rodgers. He was sacked three times. He did have the one scramble in the bent knee brace, had one touchdown, but his quarterback rating was less. But, again, you can probably be happy and smile because his pockets are filled with a jingle jangle of seven rings. So give him credit. Um, this one's uh, from Scott who said that they had four or five first downs after the first quarter, play calling and receiving core just bad. Um, I think when it came to first downs, mm, I think they had only a couple after the first well, after the first quarter because the Packers – when touchdown in the first uh, quarter, the second quarter started off with the 12-play, 71-yard drive that netted them a touchdown. Then they go six plays, 60 yards. That was the fumble. After that, they had one, two, three, four, five first downs. After the fumble, they had only five first downs. So the last drive of the second quarter and they went three and out, three uh, three plays, eight yards, four plays. They got a first down in the first play of the first drive in the second in the uh, second half. Four plays, seventeen yards. They had one uh, first down, punted that away. Three plays, six yards, punted that away. Three plays, five yards, interception. Four plays after a first down, total of eighteen yards, and punted it away. Three plays, six yards, punted it away. Four plays. After a second down, first down, total of 13 yards. They had a penalty there, and they ended up punting the ball away, and then eight plays, 37 yards, and a punt, and that was it. So, yeah, it was it was, it was was bad. First, downs, first down wise, they were hard to come by. Packers got, they were few and far between. Let's go to Mick. Mick, welcome to the program, the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Hey, Mick, uh, Bill, this is Mick in South Carolina. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, buddy? I'm doing well, pal. How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, you know what really got me is, when it was like, I, I couldn't see the game, but I was watching it on ESPN.com with, you know, just being able to read the plays. He threw an incomplete pass deep with 3.30 to go, and they they should have been using time on the clock. They gave Brady literally 45 more seconds to get to have the ball at the end of the game. I, I just, mm-hmm. I just right. don't understand the clock management at that point. So that well, really kind of irritated me. So... <laughs> That, that you, you're 
<laughs> You're 100% correct. That and don't forget they wasted two timeouts in the first half, and if they would have had those timeouts after they got the pick, they might or after they got the turnover, they might have been able to actually put a drive together with timeout, with time on the clock, to be able to maybe put the ball through the uprights and get it within field goal range too. I mean, they, they wasted timeouts and wasted clock management today all around. 100% agree. What else, right, man? You take care, buddy. All right, pal. Talk to you soon. That's our buddy Mick listening to us down in South Carolina, enjoying life down there, retired life down there. Good stuff. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do so. Hit us up on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, this is from Tom, who says, why don't the Packers use the tight end position more in the offense, especially with the wide receiver situation being the way it is? I thought they used it well at times. Um, and, and Tanya has become, let's be honest, Tanya has become a, a pretty decent weapon, you know, overall. He's been really solid for this team. Um, I, I, I wish they'd use him a little bit more. Also, if you're trying to run the ball, also if you're trying to, if pass rush is starting to get to Rodgers just a little bit, you're trying to make sure that uh, you're keeping the tight end in for blocking. But I agree. I'd like to see them get the tight end more involved. But don't forget, when you say, can they get him more involved, I don't know how much more involved you're going to get. Tanya was seven targets, six catches for 37 yards today. You know? I don't know how much more involved you're going to get unless you're throwing Mercedes Lewis out there to pick up a couple of, you know, chain movers or something like that. I, that, I mean, Tanya was the second most targeted player today. So, I, you know, I, I agree, but, you know, you, Dobbs, was your, Dobbs was your guy. And the fact, I'll tell you this, the fact that Romeo Dobbs can just pick a ball out of the air, eight targets, a couple of them really tough catches and eight yards, and the touchdown, man, it was, it was solid. Uh, Coe uh, says uh, should be able to eat the Patriots easy. They don't look too good. They look decent, but they lost their quarterback today. So you're right. Um, John says Adams is going to be watching the playoffs from his home this year. He should have stayed with the Green Bay Packers. In the long run, it may pay off for him, but I don't know if you saw Derek Carr's comments after the game where Derek Carr is already in full-blown excuse-making mode. They got beat 24-22. I think it was the final, 24-22 today um, by Tennessee. And when you think about Derek Carr, who was through two touchdowns, one interception, Devontae Adams, Five catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. That was it. Hollins is the guy. Hollins ended up with eight catches for um, 150-something yards, 158 yards or something like that, and a touchdown today. Hollins was the guy. It wasn't Devontae. But Devontae Adams was targeted five times, but they're double-teaming Devontae. They're double-teaming Devontae. So I think, you know, for, for Devontae's probably looking at things right now, going through growing pains after only three games. Um and while Devontae is not putting up, he's scoring touchdowns, but he's not putting up, you know, 12 catches and 150 yards like he was doing for the Packers. He's, his yardage is minimal. He still has the touchdowns, but his yardage overall is minimal. 877-867-1670. Uh, Jerry says, what was the key to the Packers being so futile on third downs after going five for five to start? Uh, was it just the Bucks D? I think the Bucks D made a couple of adjustments, but I also think the Packers got some conservative in play calling. And really, it wasn't so much uh, going, you know, basically over on third down. It was the fact that their first and second downs weren't good. They were putting themselves in bad positions. They were throwing the ball. They were incomplete passes. They were behind by longer yardage. When you start to look at, at the, the drives and where they were on the field, 
and what the Packers were doing. You go back to just look at the third quarter. The Packers go third down, third and three. They're in shotgun with an incomplete pass to A.J. Dillon out of the backfield. Uh, that was the one where A.J.'s trying to turn around. P- pressure was already coming up into Rodgers' face because they knew it was going to be a pass. The way they set it up, they ended up punting the ball away. The next time, it was third and four. The shotgun, the penalty on the illegal shift, they had to go and punt the thing away. Remember? Because it was a pass incomplete to Juwan Winfrey uh, out of the shotgun. Third and four, couldn't convert. Then it was third and ten, couldn't convert. Uh, third and five. Couldn't convert. That was the one that was intercepted. They went for Robert Tanyan. The ball got ended up getting picked off. Then the next time, third and seven, first and second down. First down, uh, the pass fell, uh, went to Dobbs for 15 yards. Then they went end, end around Aaron Jones for uh, negative yardage. Then they were second and 11 and third and seven. Down in distance, down in distance, down in distance. That's part of the problem when you talk about uh, third down situation. Um, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Just some things to kind of nosh on when we go to break here. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Green and Gold Postgame Show broadcasting live at Smoke on the Water here in Okachi. Stop out anytime and say hi. Stay tuned. we got more after this. This is the Green and Gold Postgame Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Game show. Packers get a win, 14 to 12. They knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They go to two and one on the season after the opening loss to the Minnesota Vikings, and they live to fight another day. Sometimes you got to win, and you win ugly. We'll see what they do to respond out of the uh, the horrific play calling in the second half of this game. By the way, Matt Lafleur, we're going to hear from him and Aaron Rodgers coming up here momentarily. Both, uh, by the way. Um, saying after the game that uh, Bakhtiari was not going to be 0-6, he wasn't going to play every snap, so we knew that was coming. And, uh, and that, uh, you're not going to see how the knee responds. There you go. Uh, Jerry says, Bill, it looked like they tried uh, to line Kenny Clark up on their rookie left guard, Gedke. Clark got a sack, but was uh, pretty quiet otherwise. Did you notice the Bucks is doing something to, uh, you know, hurt Clark or put him down? Um, no, but I'll say this. I, I know that Kenny – look, statistically speaking, you're not going to get a ton as a nose tackle. What you're asked to do is basically take on the blockers. Kenny Clark, though, he, uh, he had three tack, four tackles today, three solos, one assist, but he had two sacks, two sacks and a, quarter, and a quarterback hurry on top of it. So he was quite – for a nose tackle, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Quay Walker again today, five tackles all over the field, had a, uh, a couple of guys that uh, they looked to uh, when, he got, when he got in a pass coverage situation, and uh, he was right on top of them. So statistically speaking, you're not going to look at Quay Walker and go, wow, what a day. But what you are going to say is between him and Devondre Campbell, they roamed the middle rather well. Campbell, 14 tackles, had a tackle for loss, had a pass defended, which was a big one to end the ball game. And Quay Walker, five tackles, 19 tackles out of that line packing position. 19 tackles, a tackle for a loss, a forced fumble with Quay Walker today, and a pass defended between those two. You will take that every damn day of the week out of your middle, middle linebacking core. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. Uh, let's get back to the phone calls. Talk to Andy. Andy, welcome to the program. Hey, Bill, 
good job with everything. Um, I actually, as I was watching that game, I thought I saw something very rare. I actually thought I saw a moment where defense could have actually let smartly a touchdown in. Um, you know what I'm saying? 40 seconds left. You're up eight. Mm-hmm. You're on your second and the, the opponents are second and goal from the one. Like, you know, right. this touchdown's happening. Um, you know, not that you don't trust your defense and all, but could they have actually let that touchdown score, you know, throw everything you can, like you did at the two point conversion, hope you stop it, but then save that 40 seconds for Rogers and hope he can come back and get a field goal at the end. That, I was like yelling at the screen. I'm like, let him score. Let him score. It was like, right. was that a thing or am I just off in left field? No, no. Strategically, theoretically, it's, it's, it works. I agree with you. It's just not something that they do. It's not something that hardly any team does. It's very rare that you let a team score that you ask your defense to say, let them go. Um, not At least not this early in the season. One time it would have been actually kind of right. cool to see Smart uh, beat Braun and just say, we yeah. literally wanted to do that whole thing. We just let him into the end zone. It, it would have been hilarious. Right. And it might have actually worked, but I'm glad this worked, obviously. I'm very right. happy for the win. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. I appreciate the phone call. That it, it is theoretically, you're right. Give your give yourself 45, 50 seconds, 35 seconds to uh, get the ball down the field and get it in a field goal range just in case. Theoretically, you're right. Can't argue with it. Um, but you just it's it's just not done. You don't ask your defense to one give up a touchdown, then turn around and play all out on a two-point conversion to try to knock it down. It's tough to kind of flip that switch. Uh, and it's just it's for a defense who's played so extremely well and wants to keep you out of the end zone, it, it can be demoralizing. Um, but, you know, again, it all worked out. It all worked out. Uh, let's do this. Uh, let's uh, t- let no, I don't want to take a break. Let's go. Aaron Rodgers was at the podium just a couple of minutes ago. Let's take a listen to what Aaron Rodgers had to say. It smells great in here. Aaron, I know you say a uh, coach's favorite game is one they win, but there's still a lot to correct. What needs to be corrected for you guys after those first two drives? I mean, I don't, not a whole lot. They're a great defense. We had three really good drives before the turnover then they tightened up a little bit they went to some more man coverage and we had a lot of penalties and just missed a couple opportunities how big is this win today i mean this is probably your chief competition in the nfc a team you lost to in the nfc championship game a couple of years ago does it hold any more special value exercising your exercising demons no i don't I think that's kind of a little bit stretching it there it is week three feels good for sure. Could be some tiebreaker stuff down the line when you beat a team like this, but it's just week three. There's, uh, you know, I think, with the Bears won and uh, Vikings won, so there's three two-and-one teams in the NFC North. Uh, that's that's the focus, but big win for us. Yeah, along, those, along those lines, um, this is a really nice win, but it's September. Do you, do you take anything larger, anything more? from a game like this than the W? Well, I think to look at it as a whole, you got to feel great about the defense. And that third category, the uh, we fence, as we call it, to have Pat punt the way that he punted and then Ford, you know, be around the ball almost every time, 
Keyshawn to catch the ball on the one-yard line. Onside kick recovery. Uh, kind of a phantom. It looked like uh, running to the kicker penalty. but And to have a special teams is bare minimum breaking even. And today, I feel like we actually won the advantage. That uh, That's nice. Two tough road games in these first three. To get out of this, two and one for a team that's clearly still trying to figure out some stuff. And yeah, I mean, if you would have said in the offseason we'd be 2-1 and one after three with these two tough road games, I'd say that's probably pretty good, you know, considering that you would expect Minnesota and, and Tampa Bay to be, you know, the top, in the top seven teams at the end of the season. So I feel good about that. Hey Aaron, how challenging was the heat for you individually and your team? I felt pretty good. I think there was definitely some guys who were uh, – Sweating maybe a little bit more than normal, but uh, I think they were actually pretty tired after those first two drives. We were 12 plays, I believe, and 14 plays. Uh, but I felt like our guys were pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, kept our, kept our wind. We just, you know, had too many negative yards plays and penalties in the second half. Aaron, did you have a chance to say anything to Dre after the game? That play he made to Dre? Oh, I talked to him uh, right when he came off the field before the. Uh, for the onside kick. Uh, he's a special player. He's coming into his own as a leader, but it always amazed me, even after a game like this, to think back to a couple years ago and that nobody really wanted him. And he was out there as a late signing free agent. And here he is, I think 14 tackles today, deflection at the end of the game. Uh, says a lot about the type of person he is. I think Romeo's the first guy with eight catches not named Devontae since Randall in week one in 2018. Did he prove you anything different today, or was it kind of going to him out of, out of necessity with the guys you had down? No, we called some plays for him, and he made nice nice catches. The thing about Romeo that gives you confidence is the majority of the time, he catches the ball with his hands. I was teasing him at practice on Friday because he had a ball on the uh, left sideline short, and he kind of bodied it, and I just was calling him a body catcher. Uh, because he has such great hands. And then two plays later, I threw him this over-the-shoulder corner route, and he just went, Meep. you know, he just has such great hands. A couple balls were off the frame today that he caught very nicely. Uh, he's learning. I feel like his route running seemed like was pretty solid today. But we'll go back and look at the tape and see if there's some more opportunities I could have given him. Looked like you guys were going to close this out textbook. And then, uh, yeah, the three plays in a row and the clock stopped. Anything that you would have done, should have done differently on those last three plays? No, I mean, I like the calls. Uh, we didn't execute. You know, on the, on the, on the action play with the, with the crossers, uh, that was a lack of execution. The Z is supposed to be over the top of the X. Uh, I think the X went too high, kind of interfered with Juwan, and that should have been a completion to Juwan. Inside field goal range, uh, bada-bing, bada-boom, ball game. Uh, and then, you know, third down, we just didn't have to be open, so... Uh, didn't want to uh, throw it incomplete unless they had a high percentage throw. So, but first down was the key. You know, if we just execute the right way, uh, we're good. You know, like seeing the guy the other playing quarterback on the team that like, playing fire a little bit, giving him so many chances. Normally, yes, but our defense was playing so good. You know, the only couple times they got into a rhythm, it looked like we caused turnovers. So, I'm really proud of uh, Nixon. You know, the guy. Busted on teams and then played a ton of snaps today at nickel for us. Sherm was out there some. Rasul was playing outside, you know, which he's been mostly nickel for all the offseason in camp. 
So really proud of those guys. And then, you know, 21 seems to have pretty quiet, uh, you know, number of targets his way. So got to give him credit. Hey, hey, first hey, hey, glance, how did you feel the rotation at left tackle went today? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really notice anything. I felt like it was an uh, interesting idea, but it uh, obviously worked out. I mean, Dave looked like he felt good. Uh, the protection I thought was great. I got hit maybe three or four times at one sack. That's kind of a dream type of day, especially against that front on the road. So really great job by the guys up front and hopefully Dave is uh, feeling better and can and can uh, play a little bit more next week. Hey Aaron, um, what kind of context do you put on you and Brady being in the same game? Obviously you don't play defense, but so many, it, it attracts so much attention, so you're the winner this time. All right. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, I have a ton of respect for him. He's been a trailblazer at the position for a long time. I'm thankful to be in a conversation with uh, some all-time greats in this generation. I feel like I'm in that conversation. And it's been uh, been a lot of fun competing against Tom over the years. And it's always nice coming out on top because it hasn't happened that many times. There you go, Aaron Rodgers after the ball game. Let's do this. Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's go to our buddy L listening to us in Philadelphia. L, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Oh, man, all time, no speak, man. Um, you know, last time I used to talk to you was on the other radio station, man. It's glad to talk to you. Right? It's been a while, man. Yeah. Good to have you back. Yeah, good to be back. Um, yeah, man, I, I totally agree with everything or every point that you made. Um, and you, you really, really um, pointed out some real, like, eyesore that's been going on with us for the past couple of years, or just in general, man. Like, we always had this mindset of us being a immensely tougher team or becoming more of a physical team, but yet, when we get punched in the mouth, we just like we cower and just just try to just like save face. And today, luckily, our defense was able to save us. But we can't continue to be that way if you want to really contend and really want to win the Super Bowl. So I totally agree with what you were saying earlier. And not just that, in this particular game, you couldn't tell the difference between was Mike McCarthy calling plays on the sideline or Matt Lafleur calling plays on the sideline ever since that fumble. Everything right. was vanilla. Everything was the same. You got your your running backs who were successful going north and south. You got them running east and west, especially uh, A.J. Dillon. Like, I don't even know what the heck they were thinking about trying to get him to run to the sideline or whatever. Like, what are you doing? Like, this guy went straight ahead, let him get the positive yardage, let him do what he needs to do, and that sets up everything else. But I don't know, man. And, I, and to be honest, that listening to that, um, that, that conference, I mean, um, that post-game uh, conference or whatever, I don't like Aaron Rodgers saying how, uh, Romeo Dobbs did this. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Jamar Winfrey did something wrong with the route, and it's just like you, it's like you deflecting the blame. Let's say the the play wasn't executed properly, and we'll work on right. it and move on from it. I hate that, right. man. Yeah, that, that really pees me off. But other than that, um, I'm happy that we won. Hopefully, this is only week three, so we can learn from this, we can build from it, and um, you know, we, we can go from there. But it's great talking to you again, man. Thanks a lot. L, man, it's great to have you back. Thanks for listening to us in Philly as always, buddy. Thanks for being faithful. There we go. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. Going to hear from Matt LaFleur, so stay tuned. Got a lot more over on the Bud Light live stream to get to as well. If you got questions or such, we'll try to get them in. Also, Mike Clemens coming up here in about 10 minutes from now. Stay tuned. You're going to hear from the head coach coming up after this Packers win. They get a nice one out there in uh, Tampa Bay where they don't traditionally win. They knock them off 14-12. to 12. Stay tuned. We got more of the Green and Gold Postgame Show live out here at Smoke on the Water in Okachi coming up. Right after this. This is the Green and Gold Post Game Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Miami, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get knocked off by the Green Bay Packers. 14-12 the final. The Packers get a couple of wins now on the season in back-to-back fashion. Not not pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but you, you kind of take it. You live to fight another day, and you move on, and that's what you do. Uh, Matt LaFleur uh, just uh, broke away from the podium just a couple of moments ago. Let's take a listen to what the head coach of the Green Bay Packers had to say. Wow, that was a heck of a football game. We knew it was going to be be a battle, a four-quarter battle, and uh, give the Bucks a ton of credit. Um, just they 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 battled, they hung in there, and it came down to that last play. And um, you know, one thing we always talk to our guys about is just how do you respond when adversity strikes? And I thought, just specifically our defense to you know, allow a touchdown there in the two-minute drive and, you know, just to kind of reset themselves and and play that final play. Uh, you know, I just loved how we responded. I think it was a, a, gut, a gritty team win. We had a lot of guys step up. Keyshawn Nixon, you know, with Jair going out so early, I thought he battled, he competed, not only defensively, but um, and created that big-time uh, force fumble, but also on, on teams. I thought Pat O'Donnell was huge today, just kind of flipping the field position quite a bit. You know, you could see Keyshawn running down, Rudy Ford running down. Um, it was just great to see David back in the lineup. How about Randall Cobb making some big-time plays, and the guy didn't practice all week. He was, he was sick all week. So it was, it was uh, a great, great win for us. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of things that we need to clean up, but... I think any time you, you hold a team like that to 12 points, you got a chance at winning. Yeah, uh, it, it can be frustrating, but the thing is, you, you always got to keep the bigger picture, and I thought the way our defense was playing, um, certainly, you got to give Tampa's defense a ton of credit. Just the adjustments they made and kind of um, we would have loved to have been able to run the ball more effectively. Um, and then obviously third down, just not being able to convert until until I want to say it was we were over in the second half until we hit Alan Lazard on that little what we call a looky route. Um, yeah, no, it was it was definitely frustrating. There was a ton of three and outs there. Um, you know, we kept kind of hurting ourselves with some bad penalties um, and just not not executing. Certainly, I think that it always starts with us as coaches and making sure we're putting our guys in the best position possible. So we'll, we'll take a good hard look and see if we had the right plays even designed to give them a chance. But, you know, you got to give credit to Tampa Bay, too. That, that's a, a damn good defense. I think there's a reason why they are arguably the number one defense in the league right now. Um, and uh, But we'll, we'll look at it. We'll learn from it. We'll, we'll get better from it. Dave said you. that, that he wasn't a huge fan of the rotation. But nope, they, he was not. You stuck with it. Why did you think that was the way to go? I just thought all the, just everything around it in terms of, okay, you're coming down here to an environment where it was, uh, let's face it, it's hard to replicate what those guys had to play through today. And, you know, he hasn't, I just thought to keep Yash involved, Yash has done a hell of a job all season long, and, and even back to last year, he's done a great job. Um, 
just from a conditioning standpoint to keep both of those guys fresh. This is something that we did. I remember back uh, in Houston when I was there with uh, two guys, Mike Brazell and Casey Studdard, and I'll never forget asking Mike um, after the game about it, and he's like, yeah, it was, it's crazy because, you know, defensively, they typically roll the D linemen in and out and to try to keep them fresh, and he's like, yeah, it's, I, was, I was pretty fresh the whole game. So um, just kind of went back to that experience, and I know it's it doesn't happen much in this league, but just to try to keep him available for the whole game, and we didn't we didn't want to go zero to sixty with him in in regards to okay here here here's a guy that hasn't played a lot really outside of that Detroit game hasn't played in almost two years. Do you load him up with sixty plays in the game? And we didn't think that was the right thing to do. So, um, and it's Yash has Yash has done a great job as well. So it's a credit to Yash and. And, um, you know, I don't, who knows how we'll go forward. So there you go. That's Matt LaFleur talking about how he's, you know, kind of putting David Bakhtiari somewhat on a pitch count and why that uh, was going to be the plan. And they were not going to deviate from that plan today. So uh, some interesting stuff there. But we'll, we'll hear more of this coming up tomorrow on the program as well. I want to leave plenty of time to get Mike Clemens. And Mike Clemens is going to join us coming up next. We are broadcasting live at Smoking the Water out here in Okachi. A terrific place, great food, a great atmosphere upstairs, down, downstairs, it doesn't matter. If you get a chance and you're in the Lake Country area, stop in and uh, tell everybody we said hi. We got Mike Clemens coming up next right after this. This is the Green and Gold Post Game Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. off Tampa Bay. Welcome back. Final segment of the Gringo Post Game Show live out here in Okachi Lake at uh, our friends from Smoke on the Water. And uh, if you're in the area, great food, whether it's lunch, breakfast, dinner, whatever it happens to be for certain hours, certain days of the week, stop on out. Mike Clemens now joining us uh, on the hotline. And, and Mike, so some uh, some interesting stuff from Matt LaFleur about David Bakhtiari being on the pitch count and some interesting stuff regarding uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers giving a lot of credit to the defense, but the offense not, uh, you know, per- performing up to snuff. So, give me your thoughts. And we will, uh, we will wait. We'll try to get Mike back on the line. Mike should be uh, giving us a buzz here any moment. Now we'll touch base with Mike Clemens, who's going to be giving us a shout. Mike uh, lost the lost the connection there, so to speak. So we'll get Mike coming on the program here momentarily. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Matt LaFleur, and we'll hear more of this coming up tomorrow on the program, but Matt LaFleur basically stated that, you know, hey, uh, look, in the grand scheme of things, they were not – Yash has done a great job. And I said this might be the weirdest uh, non-story because as great as it would be to get David Bakhtiari back, uh, Yash Nyman, you know, most likely – well, I shouldn't say most likely. He has been a very solid left tackle. Go back to last year; he was there all throughout the all throughout the season. This team didn't seem to miss a beat when he wasn't when David Bakhtiari wasn't in there. So I'm not overly concerned about the offensive line. Uh, I think more so today. What happened was the defense played extremely well, basically won the game, and you got to give them credit. That's really, if you want to look at the positive story coming out of this contest, the fact that the defense played well, and how about 
what the defensive secondary did, specifically after Jair goes down. Now you've got some concern because Jair, go, Jair goes down with a groin injury, with a groin injury. And, uh, um, you know, you, you, let's do this. Uh, I'm going to talk more about that. But Mike Clemens now joining us as we got him back on the hotline. So, Michael, um, let, let's start out first and foremost. You know, they get the win. Aaron Rodgers, you beat Tampa Bay on the road, a game that many people thought you might not even win to begin with. I thought Aaron Rodgers looked very confident through three quarters of this game as opposed to the last time that uh, they were down in, in Florida. Uh, he was very upbeat, and he was asked about, you know, how important it was to get this win, whatever it took with the, from help from the defense and special teams. Here's Aaron. Offseason, we beat 2-1 and one after 3. With these two tough road games, I'd say that's probably pretty good, you know, considering that you would expect Minnesota and, and Tampa Bay to be – you know, the top, in the top seven teams at the end of the season. So I feel good about that. Hey, Aaron, how challenging was the heat individually and in the team? I felt pretty good. I think there was definitely some guys who were uh, sweating maybe a little bit more than normal. But uh, I think they were actually pretty tired after those first two drives. We were 12 plays, I believe, and 14 plays. Uh, but I felt like our guys were pretty, uh, pretty good, uh, kept our – Kept our wind. We just, you know, had too many negative yards plays and penalties in the second half. Uh, Mike, I, look, he. You talk about the the drives and saying, well, they were a little bit fatigued. It, you know, the Packers had them, and after that, they seemed to let their foot off the gas or just change play calling or whatever. We'll get into that, but I guess the other story that everybody seems to be focusing on is goat versus goat. Aaron Rodgers finally beats Tom Brady. Yeah, and you know, Aaron Rodgers said overall, great game plan to start. Then Vita, 347 pounds, crushes Aaron Jones, forces the fumble when they could have scored perhaps their third touchdown. And they come out of the second half. Todd Bowles makes adjustments. Uh, the Packers have some missed assignments. They have some penalties. He admitted to maybe a bad throw. Uh, maybe a guy was off on a route or so. And then things started to break down for them a little bit. And he credited special teams and defense and keeping them in this game. And then one of the Tampa Bay reporters, a guy that he knows, asked Aaron Rodgers, uh, how does it feel to finally beat Tom Brady? And Aaron was like, oh, God, do I get this question? Here's Aaron. All right. Uh, listen, uh, I have a ton of respect for him. He's been a trailblazer at the position for a long time. I'm thankful to be in a conversation with uh, some all-time greats in this generation. I feel like I'm in that conversation. And it's been uh, been a lot of fun competing against Tom over the years. And it's always nice coming out on top because it hasn't happened that many times. Mike, uh, as I had mentioned when we came into the break, it was Jair Alexander goes down with a groin injury. And uh, yet another injury for Jair. Uh, and this one is one of those injuries that if it doesn't heal 100%, you don't want to throw him back out there, you know? That's right. And so Jair, uh, who... <laughs> called heads on the coin toss and deferred, got things going that way, leaves with this groin injury. And, of course, he missed, you know, uh, much of last season with that shoulder injury, and he got a big payday. And so uh, at the end of the press conference, Matt LaFleur was asked, have you spoken to Jair Alexander about the groin injury? I saw him. He was smiles in the locker room, so I hope that's a good sign. But you never, you ne you never know. So we'll see. I don't have any updates for you. I'll have you know hopefully later in the week mike uh, that packers defense though as a, even after jair went down they played their asses off tonight 
Yeah, and I also thought that, you know, I want to talk about the David Bakhtiari decision, uh, who was limited in practice. You asked me on Friday, do you think he's going to play? And I said no, because I haven't seen a full practice, you know, from Bakhtiari, at least on one of the reports. I thought this was a brilliant decision by Matt LaFleur to say, we'll put Bakhtiari out there in the first series to sort of surprise Tampa. But let's not make the mistake we did by playing Billy Turner, who'd been off eight weeks, and then up against the 49ers. Let's go back and forth. It's unprecedented, but I think it worked out great that they platooned Yash Nyman and David Bakhtiari at left tackle, and LaFleur explained why. Do we have that cut, Connor? Cut, Matt LaFleur? cut three, Connor. Yeah, cut three. No, he doesn't have that one. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, then what? You know what? Here's what he said. He said that when he was working for Houston, they had a similar situation with an offensive lineman that they were bringing back, and it worked for them. And the offensive lineman said, "You know, they rotate defensive defensive linemen all the time. Why can't we do the same thing? Particularly for a guy that's coming back from a serious injury." So. You know, I thought that was a brilliant move by Matt LaFleur. David Bakhtiari wasn't crazy about the decision, but at least it worked out for them in the end. All right, so then we uh, talked to Russell Gage, Jr. He's the wide receiver for the Buccaneers, and, and he was asked, did the Packers defense outplay you today in Tampa, or did the, did the Buccaneers offense shoot themselves in the foot? Just execution, man. As you said, um, early on, we were shooting ourselves in the foot a lot, you know, and I think we just, we, we got to understand, we're that type of team. You know, the, the early in the game, that's not who we are. That's not who we want to be. Um, that last drive is what we're capable of, what we know we can be. And we just got to learn and figure out a way to duplicate that on every drive. Mike, uh, look, I, I think that it's fair to say the defense played extremely well. You don't know what it would have been like had... You know, they had their full, the Tampa Bay had their full complement of wide receivers, so it certainly hurt them, but nevertheless, I, I still give a lot of credit to the Packers, D. Yeah, and Tom Brady was asked, look, let's, be, let's face it, how much did you miss Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Mike Evans suspended today against Green Bay's defense? I think you'd always, you know, rather play with your... With the, with the guys that are you know your your top players on your team, and but they're not you know a lot of, they're not playing with a lot of their top guys either. So the guys went in there, they fought hard. We just just too many too many mistakes. Even if you know I don't know, it's, it looked to me we had a chance to make a lot of plays and we didn't. Doesn't matter really. You know the guys that were in there, some of the guys did a great job with their opportunities, and we just got to keep doing it. So we're two and one. There's a lot of football left. Um, we'll keep working at it. Doesn't get easier next week going up against the Chiefs, but. You know, no one feels sorry for us, nor should we. We just got to go back to work. And that's Tom Brady who broke that knee brace, man. Yeah, how about that? I mean, there he is, 40, 45 years old, and can't find anybody open. He runs up the middle for 18 yards and gets his, uh, his leg brace broken. I saw a lot of open green grass and no Packers, and I could turn a 40-yard gain into 18 better than anyone in the NFL. So, unfortunately, I slid. I broke my knee brace, and, you know, I had to get it on the sideline but if i'm running it it's usually not a good thing so i'll give it to the guys who can run with it <laughs> their defense mike not a bad way to go they played stifling defense as well yeah and you know overall bill i'll just say this um excellent game plan by lafleur offensively to start 
and I didn't think this had to be the Aaron Jones show today. And I thought that there was two balls that Aaron Rodgers threw today, one to Randall Cobb that was over the left hash. It was over the middle, and Rodgers doesn't throw over the middle very much. But when he hit him, and I think a second time on the same pattern on the left hash, he hit Tyler Davis for a first run, first down. But that first one was when Randall Cobb went for 45 yards. Unbelievable throws, and in a place where defenses don't expect it. And then on top of that, besides good, solid play, and Devondre Campbell with the play of the game to deflect the two-point conversion at the end of the game to keep it from being tied and go to overtime, that Packers special teams, they're getting better every week. Today, the punt team, the protection was better than ever. Uh, the, uh, the consistency of Pat O'Donnell getting the ball into the into the 20 and keeping Tom Brady in crappy field position all day. And even at the start of the game, when the Buccaneers were punting, I saw Eric Stokes on the first team punt prote- uh, cover uh, nearly block it. So Rich Bisaccia, you know, give him a game ball the way he's mixing it up and improving their field position. Mike, good stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Bill. There you go. One more time before a crowd of 69,197. The Packers get a win 14 to 12.